Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. My guest today is none other than Mary Ford. You may have heard her song Stay in the movie Chase Amy. And recently, Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which came out two years ago now. And uh, I just, I just want to ask you, how how did you get into music? At what age did you realize that you began wanting to become a musician? I always loved music, and I was always kind of an artist and kind of a, a little songwriter before I learned how to play. I had a, a lot of emotions when I was really little. I needed a place to put it. So when I was in a, a little girl's home, I was really sad. And um, a doctor from UCLA, he helped me come up with a plan for the rest of my life so that I could learn how to be happy. And the plan for the rest of my life was gonna be that I would make it to being an old lady and do something really, really positive with the beginning of my life. Right. And that was contingent on me learning how to play music and write songs. So I saved my allowance in the little girl's home. I bought my first guitar by being good. I was really good. <laughs> I got straight A's. I did everything right with, I really wanted to learn how to play music. I really wanted to grow up and join a band. So I was a teenager when I got together with the guys from Cole and they were really cool people. They believed in the same thing as I did. We wanted to write songs that were meaningful and, and stick up for the, the people that we grew up with that had gone, really gone through hard times. And uh, I, that's how I got discovered. I was actually, my first in, encouragement by um, a legendary Tom Brokaw who sent me on my way, he, he gave me this encouragement when I didn't even, I owned one dress. <laughs> I was just a teenager, really poor. And I won a songwriting contest when I was a kid from a song called People. And it was about my little foster sisters and all of us struggling and, and emotionally upset. I didn't want to lose that when I grew up. I wanted to um, stay um, with good intentions from when I was a little kid. The cool story about um, stay in the re and what the word reboot means to me is that I, I lost all my memories in a, in a traumatic brain surgery when I was in my 20s. And when I kind of woke back up, I woke up that young age where I was really inspired and I had purple hair and I wanted to make a difference and I wanted to make the world a better place. So it was really cool. All of the little missteps that I took came out to be these great things. Stay right. was like, Stay was a song I wrote really selfishly because I'm really selfish and I feel sorry for myself pretty easily. So I was screwing up at life and feeling sorry for myself. I crawled in my closet and I just poured my heart out. 
wouldn't have been a cool song without a lot of people working on along the way and joining in the band and, and turning it into something awesome. So and it, was, it, it was a personal song to stay. It was, was it about a relationship or was it about just you know, how you feel about what's the basic real story is what I'm trying to ask. In. My first broken heart. My first broken heart. I was so sad. I felt so sorry for myself. I crawled in my, my closet and I wrote stay from beginning to end in five minutes. I didn't think anybody else would love it. I just was broken hearted. I was so bummed out. And I um, also, I hadn't really grown into a, a stronger person yet. I was still a teenager. So I was begging this guy who was leaving me for his best friend's girl to stay with me just one more day. I didn't care. I'd be the other girl. I had no pride left. Just one more minute, one second with me. I can't stand to lose you. That was the way I felt. I was just, I had no pride. I just wanted one more second with this man. I was so in love, first big crush. And maybe one of those kind of crazy crushes that a foster kid can have on a boy. Right. <laughs> you know, where he was my thing. Over time, I had better loves, bigger loves. And the song became more meaningful. More people rescued me along the way that yeah. became my inspiration. And I got to a better place. Dude, yeah, that a lot of guys like me like messaging you, telling you how much, or guys of people like me that message you, telling you how much the song really mean to them, or do you yeah. get that a lot? I, I am very comforted to know that I'm not alone when I get really sad, that a lot of people feel the same way that I do. They, they get, yes. And actually that song has been, a special, I've gotten the chance to play it at very special moments, like um, a marriage proposal where a girl said yes. Mm -hmm. I was. How, how did that come about? How did that marriage proposal come? It was awesome. It was two girls who were in love and they were in love over watching movies that were helping them really translate life and feel not alone. And that song made them feel not alone and inspired to be in love. So I got to show up at a club, surprise her on her birthday, on my knees. I played her an Aretha Franklin song. I played her this song and she said yes to the marriage proposal. It was really cool. It was my favorite. I played it for some pretty cool events, but that was my favorite. Yeah, I can imagine. And, uh, but how old were you when this, you said you were a teenager, but how old were you when you started playing guitar? Was it difficult for you or did you find it easy to, to start playing? I was about 10 years old. And I believe when I started playing right around there and I learned the hardest way. I didn't have a radio, I didn't have a book. I, I put my finger on every single note and then I found two notes that sound, sound good together. I said, okay, those, those two work. And then I add one more note. Okay, that's one more. But by the time I got a couple of those, I had a couple of chords. And by the time I had a couple of chords, I go, okay, now I get to do the stuff that's gonna make me feel really great. I got to write songs. So whenever I learned a big life lesson, whenever I needed to pour my heart out, I needed a place to vent. I needed a place to, to, to listen. I needed a friend that wasn't gonna leave me behind. <laughs> right. That it's was what therapeutic about writing songs. This kind of therapy, therapy in a way. It was the it was the best thing that I ever did was learn how to play music. The only it was almost enough. 
when I got a little bit older, I was still really sad and I was still a little bit lonely. I miss my foster sisters. I wasn't good at life. I'm still not very good at it. But the one thing that I figured out how to do was that if I volunteered, if I helped somebody out in my community, if I paid anybody back for the mistakes that I made and the things that I did wrong, I personally felt a lot better. And that made me get the chance to write happy songs too. I'm pretty good at writing sad songs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how, how old were you? You mentioned, touched briefly, but I want to get more in details about how did you form Curl Across the Guys from Curl? Were, were they already a band or did you help form the band? How old, what, how old were you at this point? 14. I was 14 going on 15 when I met the guitar player. I just thought he was so cute. <laughs> um, I, I told him that I play guitar. I told him that I write, wrote songs. And um, I took him to my sound box and I played him some songs. And I had, um, and uh, I, you know, Cole was pretty much over when I was still a teenager. But uh, I was trying to pretend when I first met him for a few years that I was a little older. Hmm. I was really tall and I was really, I just wanted to grow up so bad back then. But so I was 14 and a half when Cole was formed, almost 15. Right. How long did you stay with going Cole and how did you tour around the country, country or did you play mm. local pubs? We played, we played local, we played, um, maybe got to Arizona. We didn't, we, we played Los Angeles. We played Los Angeles a lot. We had a really cool fan base in Los Angeles. And um, in the very beginning, we had no fans. And we played in Van Nuys at a bar that I would get kicked out of because I was too young to hang out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I hated that. And, um, but you still managed to play around. We loved to play. We, we got better and better at it. And our favorite place was probably, we like playing the Mint. We like playing the Viper Room. We like playing parties. We like playing on the beach for the latest cause that there was to go around. We met uh, the drummer, thanks to EMI and Andy Brokaw, and uh, his name is Bobby Nellis. He's a super good guy, an amazing drummer. And then we met uh, the guitar, the bass player, Chris Garcia, um, through our friend and producer, Billy Steinberg, and my mentor. And he is still an amazing guy. And we work, we've done commercial work and movie work together, and he's he's got kids and they're amazing they're all really good people and i'm really proud to have been in a band with them uh, they, um, do you still play yeah. occasionally or do you are you not, are you broken up at the moment we stopped playing together officially pretty when i was pretty young and then i went solo and i was doing pretty well by myself and like i said i had a pretty serious brain surgery and that took me back to a more meaningful music. I'm still working on it. I, I uh, was in a, I wanted to rock when I was young. I wanted to play serious rock music and my band, we wanted to play. And you're John Jets. I was naturally a little bit country, like a country yeah. gospel sort of a, a style by myself. And I wanted to rock. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be like Big Brother in the Holding Company, but I also wanted to be like Iron Maiden. <laughs> I wanted to real rock music as big big rock band and uh, I'm, I'm curious how did how did Ken Smith come in contact with you because that's probably what you most if I don't want to step on stone here but that's probably what you most 
paying this for, right? So I'm staying in this in the break of scene chasing Amy. And how did how did they come across your song? And how what, what did did they contact you at all, or did they did some studio contact you for the use of the song? I I think that there was a female named Laura um, who was a fan of the song, and I think. I'm not positive on this, but I think that they originally had a different score for the movie and things started to fall apart and they needed to fill some spots real quick. And I think that my song got stuck in there at the last minute and just made sense. And it just found a really cool home. I'm so proud of, of that scene. I, I was so glad when I saw the movie. I had to pay to watch the movie. I had no part mm -hmm. of that. There was business going on. I, I remember I went to the, I think it was the Lemley in Pasadena and I put my money and I was watching with my mouth open going, wow, what an amazing emotional scene. What, what a cool moment. How inspired. I was really happy. I was just lucky. What do you think about the Alyssa Jones performance in that scene particularly? And then what did how do you, how do you feel about Ben Affleck's performance and Alyssa Jones' performance in the in that scene. How do I feel? What about do you, well, how do you feel about the scene personally? Like you, so. I love it. It's 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 like home, and, and it's people pouring their hearts out to each other. I love it. I love it. It is exactly like expressed, right. poignant. It's beautiful to me. And uh, and how did you come across to be used in re in the movie reboot? Oh. Did they contact you like, hey, I'm Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith, I want to use your song again in reboot? That's a really poor Kevin Smith impression. <laughs> but did they contact yeah. you personally again, or did, did the agency track me down? And and they had a hard time tracking me down. I had met Kevin Smith and and gave him a hug and and shook his hand and said, you by the way. Um, I was an artist having a hard time um, making a living. We had a really hard time getting medical insurance. And because of all these really special moments, I, I got uh, taken care of um, through residuals in, in music and I got really good things that happened to me. I never got to say thanks. So I just want to say thanks. I had this song in the movie. It's really, it's really helped me. I'm so proud of it. At, there was at some point in time, there was a, a something on his website that said, please no more inquiries for the song or the band, cool. And he was answering to that because there was no soundtrack. Since it was thrown together at the last minute, there was no soundtrack. And I knew that I had heard about that. So I got to meet him and he gave me a hug and we took a bow at a, at a big audience event and I, and I had met him. And later on, I had heard my friend saying, you know, this is a really neat connection that you have um, with helping this girl, which was me. And then uh, they called me. I had just moved to this area that I was really inspired by. It reminded me where I grew up in East Palmdale. And I was thinking, God, I hope I write some good music here. I hope something great happens here because this is, this, this is home. This is where all these things came from to me. Not long after I got there, I got the call. Hey, um, we want to use your song in the reboot. I started crying. I was really happy. I got everybody around me and I was so excited because I felt like it was good luck for the decisions that I had made to kind of get back to my roots, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm trying yeah, to- Did you see the movie this time or did you get the free entrance? Well, I'm trying to make a big deal out of watching it for the first time myself 
mm. online with all of my friends, with all of my neighbors, with everybody who's gonna make it, you know, and to invite them to watch it with me on life and online and stay safe and do something special because they're the reason to me that I got this good luck. And I'd like to share it with my friends and my neighborhood and, you know, the community. Just come watch this with me because it's so it's so big for me. It's so important, it's so special. It really makes me so happy that I would like to make a, a bigger deal and make sure everybody watches it with me. I, I'm gonna invite everybody. I'm really bad at using uh, computers and phones and stuff. I'm the generation. I'm probably older than you, so I'm not just yeah. not records. I'm not very good at this stuff, but um, my my goal is to make something very special soon and try to get my friends and neighbors to watch it with me because it's because of them that I was able to do it. It's because of them that I'm writing happy songs. It's because of them that I'm inspired to, you know, do a better job at COVID than I would have done right. otherwise. It's kind, they're kind of... Yeah, and what do you have planned for in the future? Do you have any albums coming up and new songs that you got? Yes, yes. I made a 13-song record in my last home, and I'm trying to get it up to snuff to be able to release to the public. One nice side effect of having to find, it was really hard to find. I, I had boxes and boxes of things to go through in my little apartment to find this old dad tape because they had lost the masters. Um, we had lost the masters for this recording. And in order to, to bring it up to current technology, I had to find this old dat tape, take it to an old school studio and get it made into the right format to be in the movie. Luckily that came with a couple of old cold demo songs. I put one of them on my YouTube, uh, hopefully too, because it's such a cool message, a positive song, but I, ended up getting some really cool um, cool masters. They basically wouldn't have existed without getting placed in the reboot. I wouldn't have thought to find that old dad tape and take it to a studio that, that would make it mo of modern times. Yeah, and I'm definitely going to listen to it when I find, find it is finally, finally uploaded. But because I tried looking for other songs of yours on uh, Spotify, but I, it's hard to find. I just find the song Stay and the volume which is an amazing song too. But it's really hard to find your songs on Spotify or any other platforms, I found. I, uh, yeah, I'm not very good at, at, at learning how to properly release things. I'm, I'm notoriously terrible at, um, so I like to play in my closet and feel sorry for myself and cry. Yeah. So <laughs> that doesn't get my music out to the public. Um, it doesn't share. Um, it's a, a selfish kind of hoarding tactic that I, I'm, I play music mostly for myself and I forget to share. Right. But that was, that's what makes songs so good though, in my opinion, that when you write it for yourself to either heal or to feel better about yourself, that's what makes the song so good because it's so personal. It's not fabricated. It's not fake. And that's what makes the song so good, in my opinion. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. But yeah, yeah but, uh, I think we're coming to an end. It's a quick episode today. So she agreed to play her song, Stay Live on this podcast. You're here with me today at Well That Age to Well. Mary Bourne is going to perform Stay. You're welcome. Go ahead.
Don't have a lie about where you've been. We will know you've been screaming. Why don't you give your little voice? Come on up inside my bed and just pretend you need me. Don't have a lie about what Cause we both know you've been suffering And I don't need to be your own I don't need your comforting I just need you weak yeah. I'm stay, stay, stay
added this ending at the very end. Wow, that was beautiful. Pardon? People be clapping, my band be going crazy, my drummer was doing a 50. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was, wow, wow. Uh, but uh, you, you talked about me that you started the podcast as well. So talk to, talk to me a little bit about what this is going to be about. I was just, um, I was just interluding. We used to have a big clapping and then I would be, there's an outro. But I just wanted to dedicate it to everybody who's fighting COVID, who's, who's wearing a mask, who's, who's lost somebody. I, we used to, I added an outro because we had this big climactic ending where we were all going crazy, and then I would play this little part. It reminded me of the 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 you know the bar started to close down. You know, sometimes they would already be sweeping up. We had to pack up our gear or give our things to the roadies, and I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to stop playing. I wanted to you know I wanted to go home with every fan that was showing up to play with us. So uh, right. that's what the ending was. That's what it meant was we tacked on an ending because we loved our fans so much. We never wanted to leave their side and. Uh, Right. Tap on the headlines. Empty the airstrings. Sweep out the airway. What's up? You can use my body. Do what you have to. Stay a little longer. So sorry for interrupting you there. I thought you were finished. It's my bad. I did. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But yeah. But yeah, uh, do you have the social media and anything you want to promote that you wish for me to put in the description? Anything at all? A description? Uh, uh, that, I promotion, that you want to promote that I can put in a link or anything. I don't have, I just want, to, if you could say anything, it would, it would be to stay safe, my friends, you know, uh, wear a mask uh, with me, let's, uh, let's stay home, let's stay home and watch a movie together, I'm gonna find the right date where I think that everybody can, can watch this movie, um, you know, this week or next, where I can try to make, um, mail out an invitation to my neighbors and a, and a mask, I got a box of these cool rainbow masks in, mm. in our Chasing Amy, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, thank you so much for being on, and uh, I hope oh. you stay safe during the pandemic. And I hope it was, it was beautiful to hear so live. And uh, I'm a little bit emotional right now. I'm not gonna lie. And it's a it's a beautiful song. Thank you so much for being on. This has thank been... you so much for letting me play. I appreciate it. No you problem stay safe. at all. I'm sorry for interrupting you back there. <laughs> Before you go, um, this has been Well Done H12. We are on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast, and more. We are also on YouTube at Well Done H12. And Instagram, the same tag, Well Done H12. So, see you next time. My our returning guest will come. That's Eric Tiller. And it's going to be a good episode, I promise you. Uh, this has been one that aged well. Thank you very much for listening. I'll see you next week. Please like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 